This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he ties the game. Houston ducks under. Got it. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! Yankees win! All right. What is happening? What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to episode 338 of BD4. Again, I am your host, RJ. BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we also do MMA now, too. We recap the Yankees every series, we do the Knicks every game, and we do MMA on the weekends. Now, my buddy just texted me, literally, just now, says, tell the Yankees to stop messing with Freeman. That's good, man. You know what's funny? I was, um, obviously the dominoes are going to start falling, right? But I looked at my, because they, they already did twice. I looked at my phone a couple minutes ago. And so I have the MLB app on my phone. And for those of you who have it, you know how you can like switch the emblem on the home screen. You could pick if you want the MLB logo or if you want it to be your favorite team. And so I've got the, the, um, the emblem as the Yankees logo, the Yankees. And so I get a notification and it's from the MLB app. And so the Yankees emblem is right there and it says Kershaw signs one year deal. And then it says with the Dodgers. And I'm like, damn it. Cause I'm looking the first thing you see, you pick up your phone is the Yankee logo and then the news. So I see the Yankee emblem and then I see Kershaw next to it. I'm like, Whoa, signs a one year deal. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take it. That's not a bad, uh, you know, signing to, to make. I know he's not the same, but we need pitching help. And that's that's our guy right there. Um, but no, he's he's back with, uh, with, with LA. And then a couple minutes after that, I see that um, another name that's been actually linked to the Yankees this offseason is Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon signed with the... Um, he just signed somewhere. He just signed somewhere. Literally, I think it was the Giants. I think he signed with San Francisco. So that's that. So we didn't do anything. <laughs> so, two uh, two uh, pitchers are off the off the market in an already pretty scarce pitching market. But yeah, the dominoes are definitely going to start falling. And speaking of the Yankees and pitching, we're doing prospect profile number two tonight. Again, these are in no particular order. I'm just literally going random. And tonight we're going to profile the Yankees' number five prospect, although the standings or the rankings haven't been updated yet. Um, Luis Hill. And Luis Hill has obviously been somebody who's already pitched with the Yankee Big League squad. So we're going to you know do a little scouting report on him, break some things down, talk about his future, his past, and um, that'll be that. So again, these episodes are going to be shorter than the normal 
45 minutes to an hour long episodes because they're just brief little scouting reports. But, yeah, the Yankees did not acquire Kershaw. Uh, Rodon is with San Francisco, and so the pitching market continues to get thinner and thinner and thinner. So that's nice. But maybe if Luis Hill cracks the rotation, we won't need that. <laughs> so we're going to get to him. In just a second, guys, though, but first, I want to get the boring stuff out of the way. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that. You can find BD4 on Apple Podcasts, and if you're listening to us, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review if you enjoy the show. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Castro, many other platforms, SoundCloud, you know. So listen to us on there. Download the podcast episodes that you listen to so you have them for future and all that stuff. Subscribe. And if you want to watch the video format of this podcast, well, we are also on YouTube. So search BD4 on YouTube and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, BD4. Um, comment on there, like the video. Maybe you're already watching the video format of this podcast. All right. And if you want to get this podcast out there with your friends, you can always share it on your social media. If you want to follow me on my social media pages, I post my content in two places on Facebook and I'm at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. So Facebook and Instagram, if you want to reach out to me and follow me on social media. Um, yeah. And if you want to follow my blog and keep keep up with me there. Um, sorry, I keep looking down at my phone. I'm in a group chat. Let me just put this on. Do not disturb me. If you want to follow my content and subscribe to my blog where I write about the Yankees and I write about the Knicks, do that. Go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Once you are there, you can type in in the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog and you can subscribe to my blog, the Bomber Bocker blog. And be sure that when you're subscribing to the Bomber Bocker blog, that you use code 6A2841ERJC. Once more, be sure to use code 6A2841ERJC. This way, you get full access to every article, you get a discount on merch, and um, it's only $7.99 a month with the, with the, uh, the promo code. So that's that. With that all, all out of the way, let's get to our first break. When we get back from break, we'll get to our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to start off and get your brain working. Then we'll touch on Luis Hill, break him down, do a little scouting report, talk about what he's done so far, what he can do in the future. 
and then we'll wrap it up later on with uh, RJ's parlay because we got another big one coming up tonight. <laughs> so let's get to our first break. We'll get into all of that in just a second. Stay with us. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show. One second here. Gotta get out of this freaking group chat. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 338 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we also do MMA now, too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Louis Hill. Let's touch into uh, let's let's touch on them in a second, but um, we're going to start this one off, of course, with our NYY NYK MMA question of the day for episode three thirty eight. Let's get to it. Oh. 
right. So, for this episode, episode 338, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is Greg Nettles was a six time All Star. How many of those games, sorry, how many of those came with the Yankees? Greg Nettles was a six time All Star. How many of those came with the Yankees? Alright, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach out to me. However you can reach me. Commenting somewhere, DMing me anywhere. Reach out. By email, wherever. And if you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout out on the next episode. I'll give your handle a shout out. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. With that out of the way, with that said, with your brains warmed up, let's get into this episode, guys. Let's talk about this kid, man. Because I, um, I think there's something there in Luis Hill. I do. So, this is a kid, Luis Hill, starting pitcher, He's 6'2", 185, turns 24 years old in June, initially signed by the Twins, right? They signed him out of the Dominican Republic for, I believe it was 90K. And I would like to see this kid, yet yeah, get a shot eventually as the Yankees' number five starter to begin with. You know, maybe start him out in the minors at the top of the season, you know? And if he meets or exceeds expectation, you make the call up. And, you know, I'd much rather have him in there than go out and sign some journeyman. You know, whoever. I was going to say Rodon, but he was just signed by the the Giants. You know, like I said, the pitching market, there's not much out there. So if if Luis Hill can go out there and maybe prove himself even, even in spring training coming up, I would like to see him make the rotation. But yeah, he was signed by the Twins in 2015. He had the so uh, the shoulder surgery the next year in 2016, so he missed the season then. But then he came back in 2017, and he flashed his potential. He flashed that fastball, which caught the Yankees' attention. So the Yankees, what they do? They're scouting. They ran into him. They liked him. They liked what they saw. Cashman went out and made a deal. So the Yankees trade outfielder Jake Cave, who was a big prospect for them at the time. Not big, but he was, you know, he was selected in the sixth round. But, you know, he I think he's got some potential. He's over there. I think he's doing pretty well, if I can remember correctly. But they trade Jake Cave to Minnesota for Luis Hill. And Luis Hill becomes the number five prospect in their system. Behind other pitchers like Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia at the time. But, you know. He, I would like to think when the updated rankings come out, he's probably ahead of them both. So you fast forward to 2021, last season, and altogether in the minors between AA Somerset and AAA Scranton, he tosses 20 games where he started in 17 of them, goes 5-1, and one, pitches to a 3.97 ERA, throws 79 in a third innings, Strikes out 117, 
walks 45, hits three batters, has eight wild pitches, and allows 59 hits. Pitches to a 5.1 walks per nine and a 13.3 strikeouts per nine. Now, most of those minor league showings came before he got the call up to the Yankees late in the year. Remember, he came up August, September. But I think, like, also three of them, I would say three three of those starts or so came late August, early September when, you know, Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery were coming back from the COVID list, and then he was then sent back down for a few. But, you know, he does come to the bigs, and altogether, both stints with the Yankees, he pitches six games, all starts, goes one and one, has a 3.07 ERA, 29 and a third innings, 38 strikeouts, 19 walks, a hit batter, a wild pitch, and 20 hits allowed. Pitches to a 5.8 walks per nine, and a, uh, an 11.7 Ks per nine. I think the strengths, let me pull them up right here. The strengths to this kid, here they are on the screen if you're watching the podcast. Um, and if you're listening, I'll read them out to you. He's got elite stuff. He has a smooth delivery. And he's also got a high floor. Those are the three strengths to Luis Hill. Again, he's got elite stuff, smooth delivery, and a high floor. And we're going to talk about all three of this stuff right now, break it all down. But first, I do want to head to one more break. But when we get back, we'll talk about Luis Hill's strengths. Then we'll get to his weaknesses and some more. All right? Stay with us. We will be right back. trying not to hype myself up and get myself excited for this, you know, off-season barrage that's about to happen because I really want Correa. I really want Freeman. I want the 300 hitter, the high average hitter, the guy who can hit all around. You know, I don't want the the Matt Olsons of the world. I don't I'm not the biggest Trevor Story fan. I like the lower strikeout guys who can hit for average and have power. And those are Correa and Freeman and if we have to do a little bit of an overpay I don't care I want to be evil I want to be amazing so (laughs) try not to get too hyped up right now hopefully maybe I doubt but we'll see Luis Hill some of his strengths as I've said we're going to break them down 
The first one being, as you saw on that bullet point as I read out to you, he's got elite stuff. Excuse me. He's got a high-octane fastball that'll sit in the mid to high 90s. He can touch triple digits at, at times. We've seen that. And with that fastball, he's got a lot of rise and cut to it. He likes to climb the ladder. We see that a lot when he goes 0-2. He also has a power slider that I would say sits in the mid-80s. Tons of potential to be his wipeout breaking pitch. It has slider speed and curveball movement. One second here. Sorry, I had to pause it and do something for a second. Um, slider speed, curveball movement. If this pitch develops fully, I would say he's got two plus-plus pitches in his arsenal. It's a dirty pitch. It's really good. Short sample last year, but he did do a really nice job getting the swing and miss with it. He also has a changeup as his third pitch. It's it's a tertiary option. Um, it's got some fade, some sink to it. And then the second strength that I have, like I said, he's got very smooth and very easy mechanics. Nothing seems to be forced when you watch Luis Hill. Like he doesn't natu- he, he naturally throws hard. It's all there. It's all very real. He doesn't like try to throw 95 to 100. It just comes. So that's a positive. And then the third uh, bullet point here I've got, again, we said he's got a high floor. So, you know, all the flaws that he has, they're nothing that can't be worked on and developed. So, you know, he has the natural stuff. All three pitches have the velocity and they have the movement. That can't be taught. That's pure gift, talent, and he has that. His weaknesses, which we're going to get to right now after this break, they can be developed. You can work with the weaknesses that he has, and I think that's a very high strength. That's what's going to lead him to be a high-floor pitcher. We'll be right back. A quick break, and we'll get to the weaknesses. Stay with us. for all these breaks we got to take. Um, I've got a lot going on on the side right now, so, <laughs> but we're good. We're good. Um, so some of the weaknesses for, for uh, Luis Heel. Um, I think that the main one being control and command. Right, He's got to cut down the walks. Too many walks. And it's location sometimes. It's just command. You know, not putting it where you want it in the strike zone. And, you know, he has trouble harnessing his stuff. And so that's, you know, why some 
have you know been conflicted on his ceiling as a pitcher. That's why you know some are rather split. Is he a high leverage reliever, a setup man, a closer, or is he going to be a high end starter like a num- like a number two type? You know, and we could see as he progressed towards, as he started pitching more towards the end of the year, the difference. His first three starts and then the last three starts. And in, in the control issues. They started to rear to rear their ugly head. His first start, one walk. Then he had two walks. Four walks, seven walks, so they climbed all the way up. Went back down to one walk, but in that same start he allowed three home runs location and then in the next start his final start of the year before he was uh, excluded from the postseason roster he hit a batter he walked a batter four batters he walked four batters he hit a batter and he allowed one more home run so you know they started to get to the control issues now I'm sure some of that had to do with the fact that he had a career high in innings last year 106 and a third overall when you combine every every level. But he still always had issues with command. And some of that leads to his secondary problems. Sorry, his secondary pitches, which lead to his second issue I have down here. He just needs more polish on his secondary pitches. Um, that slider needs a little bit more polish, and that changeup needs a lot more consistency. With the Yankees last year, that was the doorbell. With the Yankees last year, he throws 53% fastball. He was 39% sliders, 7% changeups. Personally, I believe he throws his changeup a bit too hard. Give me one second. Personally, I believe his changeup is a bit too hard. I think usually you like to have a little more separation between your changeup and your fastball, or else it'll just become like a like a BP fastball. Because he throws his heater around 95 to 98 on average, and that changeup sits around 90 to 92 sometimes. So you like to see a little more separation there. And again, if he struggles with the walks, he's going to struggle with pitch count. Especially in this era, that's going to prevent him from going deep into games. And that's why it's definitely a work in progress if he wants to remain a starter long term. Going back to his uh, little uh, page here, if you're watching the show. (laughs) Also the wrong one. I'm all over the fucking place tonight, guys. I'm all fucking over the place on the switchboard here. Here we go. Jesus Christ. Here's, uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. His MLB comp. I've got Aaron Sanchez. I think he's very similar. Has had issues with the walks. Can throw hard. Has strikeout potential. Right-hander. You could say he's got a little Luis Severino. In him with a smooth delivery and he throws hard. I've heard Freddie Peralta in Milwaukee. Um, I've also compared him to like a right-handed Liriano before. But I think 
you know, a harder throwing, higher velocity Aaron Sanchez is probably the best comparison that I can think of off the top of my head. And remember, his first three starts as a Yankee were all scoreless. Remember, he broke the record for the MLB record for most consecutive scoreless starts to begin a career. 15 and two-thirds innings, no runs. Against Toronto, Minnesota, and Cleveland. And they were each starts where he pitched into the fifth inning at the very least. So I think there's something here. I do. I think there's a lot here to like about Luis Heal. And, um... We'll have to see what happens. So that's it. That's my little scouting report on Heal. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up right now. When we get back from break. We'll get to RJ's parlay. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomber Bocker blog. And there you have it. Hope you guys are ready for tonight's big one. 
let's get to it. Let's get to this episode's RJ's Parlay. This episode's RJ's Parlay. We've got one coming up for this Knicks game tonight, which I'm about to watch in uh, 15 minutes. Shit. So I've got a lot of... I do a lot of alternates because I like to bet conservatively. As you can see. As you've been seeing. RJ Barrett, over 19.5 alternate points. Morant, over 24.5 alternate points. Desmond Bain, over 1.5 alternate three points made. Barrett, over 3.5 alternate rebounds. Randall, over 7.5 alternate rebounds. And Mitch Robinson, over 5.5 alternate rebounds. Again, all very conservative, but that's how I like to do my bets. And it's been working lately, okay? (laughs) And those come out to be, all six of those picks come out to equal a plus 342. So the odds are plus 342. So that is this episode's RJ's Parlay. We'll see how we do. (laughs) We will see how we do. Thanks for tuning in, guys. That's all I've got in this episode. Again, I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 338 of BD4. Just broke down Louis Heel. So episode 338, Yanks Prospect Profile, Louis Heel. I will see you in 339, which we'll be talking this upcoming Knicks, um, Knicks Grizzlies game, which should be a blast. <laughs> I'm sure. Who knows? Maybe we make it four in a row. I'll see you in the next one, guys. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.